Hello, church family. Uh, today we're going to go, we're finally reaching the end. This is the last uh, few verses of Acts chapter um, 28. Uh, as I look back, I'm just, uh, I'm just amazed at God's goodness and allowing me to study this. And um, It's been over a year since we've been through this book, and uh, it was just very edifying for me to, to learn to trust in God. Um, you know, we've been through so much as a church this last year, everything from the pandemic and everything that comes with it. Everything's like, um, you know, sheltering in place to, um, you know, people catching COVID and whatever. All of these things that in the last year, um, I could still see God's good hand in everything. And I think as we look at, as, as we look at this, uh, reaching the end of this book, I think that's just the overarching lesson that I've learned, that God is good. And um, this whole book uh, it, it, this spans uh, over a decade. Whereas, you know, when we look at our own life, like so how the world has changed in ten year, in a year, in the book of Acts, a lot has happened. And in both cases, whether it's our time or the next era or whatever era we're in, there's a sense in which we can always marvel and trust God more because we know that he is in sovereign control of all things. The book of Acts is, is really the, the fulfillment of what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 28, that uh, he's going to uh, be with the disciples as they make disciples of all nations, baptizing the Back, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see that. We see that throughout this entire book that the church is being built and that God is the sovereign one that's going to providentially move people into certain places to hear the gospel so that the church can be built. And as we look through this, as we look finish this part of this book, in particular the last chapter here, that's really the lesson that I want us to think about, that the, that the, the work of the Holy Spirit is not done. Uh, and, 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 and although this book finally reaches and the Holy Spirit is still working, uh, I said early on in this entire study that you can call the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because he's, he's working in the lives of individuals and in the lives of churches and in missionaries. And we just see how the Lord is just so great in expanding, uh, people and in, into his kingdom. So now we finally arrive just as Paul has reached Rome here. Uh, chapter 28, verse 11. At the end of three months, we set sail to, uh, on an Alexandrian ship which had wintered at the island uh, and which had a, had the twin brothers for its figurehead. So this just here's just Luke is just describing the boat, the boat here. Uh, verse 12. Then after we put in at uh, Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. From there, we sailed around and arrived at uh, Regium. And a day later, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Butoli. Uh, there, we found some brethren and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And thus, we came to Rome. So it's just, these are just very quick little journeys that uh, Luke is according from uh, Malta all the way to these places. And in verse 14, they said they found brethren, like other believers there. Verse 15, and the brethren, when they heard about us, came from there as far as the market of Appius and three inns to meet us. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. What a sweet kind of reunion that for Paul, he he's just waiting and trusting on the Lord throughout this entire time. Because remember, this Paul going and reaching Rome, this was a prophecy from the Lord that he heard years ago. He's trusting that the Lord is going to fulfill his promises and, and getting to Rome. And when he gets there, there's these groups of believers that God has already placed to be an encouragement to them. 
you know, in our church, when we, whenever we have visitors that are from other churches or even missionaries that come, uh, one of the things that our church does really well is that we're very welcoming. Uh, we, we love the fact that we're able to spend some time with missionaries or spend some time with old friends that were used to be part of our church. And I think that's just a great attitude to have because, you know, we love, we miss our brothers and sisters that are, are gone and we miss our missionaries when they're away and we look forward to, to, um, to see them. Um, and I think that's what's going on here too. Like when Christians have this unique fellowship that even though they haven't seen each other for so long, because of the unity that we have in Christ, we're able to just, um, uh, fellowship with those and even be an encouragement to others. Now, verse 16 tells us that when we, uh, when, uh, when we, mean the, Paul and Luke and the rest. When we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldiers who was guarding him. So at this time, Nero was the emperor there. And around this time, Nero is relatively new as emperor, uh, but he has this antagonism towards Christians. He was known as a, like the mad king. Um, he's just an immoral king. Uh, so he is going to have to talk with this kind of emperor here. And it's just, that's just difficult. Uh, if you can imagine as a Christian that you have this crazy ruler that seeks, and you know, they didn't know at the time at the, at the book of Acts, um, that, that, you know, Nero was going to be the catalyst to, uh, to curse, to Christian persecution. But, uh, here's that here is just Paul entering into Rome, having this guy as the emperor that he has to address. Uh, verse uh, 16 also tells that is he's with the soldier who's guarding him. And I think this is kind of like the, you know, when Paul was jailed in Philippi, uh, yeah, where he was writing the letter in, uh, to Philippi in Colossians, that's, that's kind of what's going on here. But it wasn't so much that the guard was guarding him, but it's more like he was uh, like he was bound to Paul. And I imagine this person did get saved because it was in the book of Philippians that says that he was able to share the gospel and the whole Praetorium Guard was that came to saving faith. Uh, so this guy was chained to Paul and Paul just kept discipling him. I mean, it was evangelism, discipleship really quickly. Um, and I think that's what he was going on because we see the, from extra text, the other texts and the uh, Pauline epistles. Verse 17, after three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of, of the Jews. And when they came together, he began saying to them, Brethren, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, uh, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they examined me, they were willing to release me because there were no grounds for putting me to death. But when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any accusation against my nation. So Paul here, usually what Paul does, whenever what city he goes to, he tries to find the Jewish leaders. And this is kind of like Paul's desire for his people to come to saving faith. Uh, he's, he gathers these Jewish leaders. And he's telling them that, hey, the reason why I'm here has nothing to do with uh, any sinful thing that I've done. Uh, uh, it's uh, I'm not he. You know, some people accuse Paul of being anti-Semitic. That's what the um, that's why he was uh, tried uh, because the Jews said, like, hey, you're anti. Jews and and that's why Paul had to make this defense to Festus about how no that's not the case. I was born uh, the Jewish Jews. I mean, he was the most strictest. He was in the strictest sect of Judaism, and he's telling these Jewish now that look, I'm not that. I I'm not anti-Semitic. I want. I had, there was nothing that I did wrong that was uh, against violation of, of of the customs or even uh, the customs of the fathers. The only thing that they really violated that the Jews hated was the fact that it was about Jesus Christ. But he's assuring them that what he believed and the Old Testament are all intertwined. It's just that these Jews and their hard-heartedness choose to deny Jesus. And Paul has said over and over again that he is innocent. He hasn't done anything wrong. 
uh, verse 19, but when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any accusation against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I requested to see you and to speak with you, for I am wearing this chain for the sake of the house of Israel, uh, for the hope of Israel. Uh, this is the issue that Paul got in trouble. He's speaking to them about the hope of Israel. The Jews and the and the Jew and the Jews at the time understood that there was going to be the Messiah coming, that he was going to rescue the nation of Israel, not from like a national sense at the first coming, but like, but from their sins. And Paul is telling them that this is the hope that our people have been waiting for, and you are the ones that are rejecting him. Verse one, they said to him, We have neither received letter from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren come here and report not spoken anything bad about you. But we desire to hear from you uh, what your view are for concerning this sect. It is known to us that it is spoken against everywhere. So it's fascinating here. Uh, the Jewish people, like, they're hearing him, like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we didn't get any reports about you. So for whatever reason, it could, again, this is years after when he was uh, uh, taken into custody, but they said, like, look, we didn't get anything. We haven't heard anything bad about you. But, yeah, let's, let's hear you out. There is a sense of the fact that they were curious about Christianity. Uh, they didn't hear anything bad about Paul, so they, they, they wanted to hear what Paul had to say. Verse 20, when they had set a day for Paul, they came to him at his lodging in large numbers. He was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law and of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. So this is like a very long uh, you know, evangelism uh, opportunity for Paul. He's just teaching them from the Old Testament. To where some were being persuaded, but the things spoken, by the things spoken, but others would not believe. And this is just a natural response. Some people are going to be saved, others are not. Uh, and um, verse 25, And when they did not agree with one another, they began leaving after Paul had spoken one parting word. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah, the prophet of your father, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand, and you will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of the people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. This is Isaiah chapter 6, and God's basically uh, telling them, just like um, he told Isaiah, that the God's people are going to reject him. They, they claim to be able to see, they claim to be able to hear, yet they do not hear. And the, you know, when we're evangelizing, that's how it is, too. There's going to be people that claim to know truth, but they don't know any uh, anything about truth. They claim to be moral, but they have no clue what morality is, uh, because they don't have God. And when we evangelize, just understand that there's going to be people that are hard-hearted, hard, hard um, there's this willful blindness, it seems like, uh, and they eventually God gives them over up to their sin, and it becomes this kind of judgment on them that they will refuse to see, and because they refuse to see, the Lord will harden their hearts so they can never see uh, the things of the Lord. Verse 28, Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will also listen. This is so sad uh, that Paul is basically saying that like, look, even the Gentiles who do not know anything about the God of the Old Testament, they're, they're at least open to the fact to hear who Jesus Christ is. Uh, verse 30, And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him. So the Lord basically allowed him to be uh, stationed and somewhat protected. Uh, he's, and he just evangelized to everyone uh, 
everyone uh, uh, that comes to his comes to him. Uh, and it's fascinating. It seems like Paul, when he's there, his first act is to start a church, just preaching and teaching. Verse thirty-one: preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. And the reason why he's unhindered is because he has to go see Caesar, and it ends like that. Uh, and throughout the whole time, he's just preaching to everyone and hoping that people come to uh, saving faith. And we know that even though this book ends, that the the Holy Spirit is not done with the church. And we as Christians uh, need to understand that that's our mission too. I think the book of Acts teaches us that God can use each and every single one of us for the purpose of bringing people saving faith. We just need to be like the apostles that are here and just being faithfully, living holy lives to represent the Lord and being faithful in, declaration, in declaring God's gospel to them, calling people to be part of this kingdom of God while knowing that um, that there's going to be persecution for us. And again, this is a, a huge encouragement just to see that, um, you know, as we go through the book of Acts, uh, that the Lord's still uh, faithful. You know, I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, it just seemed like it was just so bleak. You know, everything just seemed so dark. And as things are getting lifted in the context of right now, the time of this recording, we should be um, on fire even more so and have a, a renewed interest in trying to win people to christ because now things are opening up uh, we should take advantage of that we don't know what the future may hold but uh, whatever time and era we're in we must be appreciative and thankful the lord's given us an extra day another day to be able to go and tell people the goodness of our lord thanks for listening uh i know that this was a fun it's fun for me and i hope it was helpful for you and my hope uh after the book of acts is to maybe do a, do a study through the book of proverbs um, I've preached through Proverbs for joiners, and but not uh, ex, but, uh, not not verse by verse, uh, not expositionally. Um, I did, we did it topically for our Bible study there, but I want to be able to actually this time go through all thirty-one chapters, verse by verse, through the Book of Proverbs, and I hope that as we go through that, we can learn to be wise Christians, and then just learn how to be faithful to the Lord and not be and not to walk in the way of the fool. I look forward to going through that study with you just as much as I enjoy going through this study with you. Thank you for listening. Take care and have a great day. Mm-hmm.